If you're interested in enhancing your leadership and work-life harmony, evolving your life professionally and personally, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the You Evolving Now podcast with Andre Young. Hi, and welcome to the You Evolving Now podcast. I'm Andre Young. I am so excited to be with you guys today. I hope everyone, each and every one of you have had a great day so far, and I look forward to making it even a bit better with what we get to talk about, but more importantly, who we get to talk with today. So I want to introduce you to a great, great friend of mine, and he's also known as a few other things. He is a former pastor. He is co-owner and co-founder of BB's Bargains. Also, the biggest Buffalo Bills fan of all time, John BB. welcome to the show. Hey, Andre, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Love what you and your, your company, your brand, all that you guys do to help entrepreneurs, to help leaders. And honestly, it's an honor to be your friend, uh, you and your families. We, my family, we love getting to hang out with you guys. So to join you in this professional setting is an honor, and I'm glad to be here. So thanks for having me. Thank you so much. And you guys listening, this is why John is on the show. His graciousness, his humbleness, also his leadership. I don't always share how I know a lot of the guests that we have on the show. I was taking our little one, Sky, on a walk around the block. You know, she's, she's a baby. We're, we're pushing a stroller. And I bump into some new neighbors that were moving in. And me and John started speaking, and now me and his family have been great friends for the past, what, two years? And it's been absolutely amazing. You would think that we've known each other for 40 years. So I want to share, before we even get into this, a life tip. When we meet someone and the sparks fly, and you say, this is someone I feel like I need to know. This is someone of high value, high character. Please don't ignore that tingle. Please do not ignore that befriend and watch your life, your relationships, your families begin to evolve. So without further ado, I want to jump into the first question, John. Hey, Andre, real quick though. You said it would seem like we were friends for 40 years. I'm not that old yet, so. (laughs) It's coming. It's coming. It is. One one more year. One more year. And we're going to celebrate it. We will. Yes. So I said, hey, look, God willing, because not everybody's going to have one more year on this planet. That's true. And that leads us into question number one. I introduced you as a former pastor. So you are the first pastor that <laughs> I've ever had on the show that we've ever been graced to speak with. So I like to start there. Okay. What called you in to that line of work? Well, first of all, I love what you're saying. You know, you're saying I'm the first pastor on here. I just want you to know that always as a pastor, I didn't consider myself any different from anybody else. I was just somebody who decided I wanted to follow Jesus with my life. And felt like I had the calling on my life to help lead other people do that in the church. But I was just like anybody else. Actually, as a pastor, I had people just call me John Mm. because I just felt like I'm no better than anybody else. We're all in this together trying to figure out life and how to do it best. And we have a God that loves us unconditionally. And uh, he just calls us to love him and love others unconditionally. So as far as what called me into that, that was really it. I remember as a teenager in high school, I remember going to church, showing up. And what struck me was a lot of my friends and a lot of people I knew, they were turned off to Jesus more than likely from their conversations to me because of something somebody else did or something, somebody misrepresented Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I know a lot of people where they're 
okay with Jesus, but when it comes to the church or comes to Christians, it's like, ah, they have this stigma to them or this, this phobia to like other people where they won't talk to them or treat them differently. So I said, I want to get into that and I want to be a part of church and I want to be a pastor that that is with the people and that is doesn't act like he's better than them. Mm. And that does my best to bridge the gap that at times in my life, I saw people maybe kind of closing that, that bridge and not allowing people to come to Jesus. Because at the end of the day, Jesus loves everyone unconditionally, whether they believe in him or know him. And I just wanted to share that love with others and help lead. And I started out as a youth pastor. I did that for 12 years. And then for two years, I was a campus pastor over a location of the church I worked for. And me, I love working with Let me ask you a question quick, because yeah. you, you mentioned something about the humbleness of leaders. And I talk about leadership and work-life harmony everywhere. And as a leader, it is so great. And people feel when you are one of them, you're one of the guys, one of the girls, one of the women, one of the front line. However, not everyone outside of you may feel that way. And sometimes, and I can imagine that leadership can be very lonely and people don't talk a lot about that. So can you share a tip? Because as a pastor, I'm sure when you come around, sometimes people kind of straightened up. Do I feel I need to be a certain way? I can't really be myself. I can't say these things. And I know that you've done a great job of allowing people to be just how they are and interacting, engaging, and loving even through all of that, which is phenomenal. But it doesn't stop how they feel. So from a standpoint of a leader's loneliness, how would you suggest leaders, whether it's in the church or somewhere else, address that within themselves? That's a great question. So when you say that, one of the things I would do to try to combat that was even just how I address myself. I didn't address myself as tell people I was pastor. I didn't even bring that up in conversation unless somebody asked, what do you do for a living? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes when people hear that, like you said, they, they straighten up. They're like, oh, I, I said a curse word or whatever. And I'm like, yo, just be yourself. Like, I'm not, I'm not here to like cast judgment on you kind of thing. So like, I remember growing up that pastor at the church I went to, I was out at the store with him once. We were out, I think we were on a youth activity or something. We were out somewhere and he introduced himself. Somebody at the store met him and he introduced himself as pastor so-and-so. Now he was a really nice guy and I'm not saying he had bad intentions or anything like that, but he introduced himself as pastor so-and-so. And I watched that person, like, first of all, he's meeting somebody in the supermarket that he doesn't know. And he introduced himself with his first name pastor. First of all, he's not their pastor, you know, and that person immediately was like, Oh, that's kind of weird, like that you just introduced me as that. But I was like, just use your, like, I'm in my mind as a teenager, I'm thinking, just use your first name. So, what I found is that's one of the ways I did it. But then also, no matter what you do, what profession you do, whether you're a pastor or you're a doctor, like doctors can be intimidating to some people because, you know, you're super smart, you're helping tons of people, you have a, you have a major, that's a big role in people's lives you play. And I think no matter what your profession is, it always carries with it something like that. You just got to know that that's going to come with the territory of whatever your job is. And then you also have to just push through it. Just push through it and be your authentic self. Be who you are. And eventually people will see that. But you got to understand that there's sometimes, there's sometimes no way to overcome the fact that I was a pastor and people were eventually going to find out. And uh, so I but, just wanted And it's to- important that you said you didn't lead with it because the tip oh. and the nugget that I'm getting. And any one of you guys listening that are in professional positions of leadership, what John mentioned was you don't have to lead with your title. And so many times I feel like when people are first promoted or we get our first whiff of success, we want to lead with that. We want to tell everybody. However, it can wind up impacting the relationship before they even start. 
So you're right. saying, hey, look, leave with your name, leave with who you are, allow them to be who they are. And when your title comes up, they're even more impressed, to be honest with you. John, I was friends with a guy. His name is Mike. I was friends with him for years. So I met him through another friend. We conversed, never talked about what we did. It was four years later that I wound up asking him what he did. And he was a doctor. And I was like, oh, yeah, you got your PhD. Like, I had no clue. And I was more impressed that he never brought it up than the fact that he was one. And that was a really, really cool thing. So what I'm taking from it, and I hope you guys are taking from it, is lead with your authentic self, lead with your name, connect with people, and let the title be impressive that you didn't have to bring it up. Well, and the the idea is my definition of me wasn't a pastor. Like, it's easy. When I was first a pastor, I will tell you this. And again, I don't have this figured out. I'm still learning it. All the stuff I'm sharing with you, most of it, pretty much all of it, I've learned from somebody else or like through God-given, you know, mistakes I've made and things like that. And I've just been gracious enough to learn it and, and, and that God's given me the ability to figure that out. But at the end of the day, I remember when I was first a pastor, I liked the title pastor. And when I was in my first couple of years, I would use it more. And then I realized, why am I using it? Right. And my definition of me isn't, my name is John. That's who I am. I'm not defined as a pastor right now. I'm not defined as a founder of a business. I just define myself as John, John Beebe. I'm someone who is loved by God. And my job is to love others by God, regardless if they're different from me or not. My job is not to judge people. My job is to love people. That's how I define myself. You know, I love that you mentioned that. Years ago for me, I was a mental health therapist. And uh, those of you who don't know or, or new to the show, I was a mental health therapist for 19 years. And at one point, I was considering getting my doctorate. The title of doctor sounded nice. Dr. Dre, for real. Me and Dr. Dre actually have the same name. I keep waiting to get one of his checks in the mail by mistake. It hasn't come yet. I think you're uh, the original. <laughs> you know, he got me by a few years. So oh, he yeah. has the original claim to it. <laughs> but I, I was enthralled by the title doctor. Hmm. And then I looked, okay, it's going to take me how much time I would have to commute. I would have to stay over at maybe my parents' house because of the time of night the classes would be. It would add how much, maybe $10,000 more to my salary. And I looked at what it would cost me life-wise, work-life harmony-wise, time-wise, relationship-wise, based on the title. And at that moment, I didn't need the title. And then I had a goal. of I wanted to originally, when I first started writing books, I wanted to be a bestseller. I do not, let me preface this, John. I do not want to knock, and I am not, not knocking anyone that is a best-selling author. Good for you, great for you. Until I really realized what best-selling means. It has nothing to do with the content of your book, how great it is or how poor it is. It has everything to do with how many units you sold in a certain amount of time. That's it. And once I learned that, the goal of being a bestseller is no longer important. I want to put out high value work that can last to the end of time and be impactful to anybody who picks it up. That's it. And if that makes it a bestseller on its own, so be it. I no longer need it. So I love that we have talked about this. And I hope that you guys listening, that we can start valuing who you are, who you become while you chase your dream and not the title that's given to you because titles can come and go. That's right. As a pastor, I would say amen to that. Hey, there we go. (laughs) So let's transition a little bit because you have transitioned. And as a pastor, you have made the decision 
to go into the entrepreneurial space. So yeah. I want to bring this up because there are so many people listening right now that may be in the same transition in their life, especially through COVID, especially through the global change where we're saying, I no longer want to do, have to do this. I may want to do that. So what called you to transition from pastoral work to the life of an entrepreneur? It's a great question. So to start with that, I'd love to transition off of our last question is when I was making the decision, one of the things that hit me at one point was okay, I've been a pastor for 14 years, youth pastor, and then I became a campus pastor, which is like a senior pastor in a single location church. We had a multi-location church. So that said, I was working for one of the top 10 churches in the country as far as size-wise. So there was a lot of, if you want to say prestige to that, like it, it felt it felt like, I don't want to say I had arrived, but there's all, we always have to fight that that pride inside of us, because I think that's inside of all of us. So if we say we don't have it, that might be pride saying we don't have it. We <laughs> probably do. Like we all have a little bit of that in us. It just depends how much we have or how much we let affect us. And I remember when I was making this decision, one part of that was thinking of, wow, I'm stepping away from being a campus pastor, which is one of the higher positions at the church I worked at, a church staff of over 250 staff a bit, you know, 19 locations, like all kinds of locations. And I'm one of the top percentage in there. So part of me was like, do I want to step away? And quickly I was like drawn back to John, that you can't think about that. It's not about that. So to my decision of why I decided to step away, while that hit me for a second, I let that be a second. I didn't let that be a part of the decision, but humbly I thought about that. And I'm like, man, I got to remember that because those things creep in and they they can cause you to not make the right decisions because of a title, like you're saying. And it's not about the titles. Like my best title is, like I said, loved by God unconditionally. But then I'm a husband and I'm a father. I'm a friend. And what I realized is my wife and I, I say we're both co-founders and co-owners, which we are both. But my wife was like on the ground floor, putting most of the blood, sweat, and tears into our current business. And we'll get into what that is later. But she started that in 2018. And it started as a hobby, as a stay-at-home mom. She wanted to just be able to provide a little bit for the family, for vacations or extras that we want around the house. So she started that. And actually, one of her goals in that too was that we can get a single family home uh, because as a pastor, the church took care of me really well. But to, we were in a town home at the time and, and we just we had always desired that. We had no backyard, we had three kids, and we were hoping that that could happen someday. And you know, Lord willing it did, and we're thankful for that. But while my wife worked tirelessly for almost two years, she was working almost, we're in affiliate marketing. Again, I'll get into that later, but she was working almost sun up, sundown. Even when we were on vacation, she's on her phone working, finding deals, posting them and things like that. And she's taking care of our social media platforms, our website and all that. She's doing all that stuff. And then it came to a point where my youngest daughter, she has I don't want to get into that too much. It's called benign epilepsy. She had a seizure. We didn't know what it was. Benign epilepsy is common and she's going to grow out of it in the next year or two. It was very minor, but it was scary to us at the time. So I don't want to downplay that, but that caused her, she struggled with anxiety. I've struggled with anxiety and depression myself. So I know what it is. I've had to go through counseling and, and get help with that. And so my wife started struggling with it really bad to where she wasn't eating much. She wasn't sleeping well. And food was making her sick to think of. And I started saying, what is wrong? And she said, I feel like our business has grown too much mm. that 
I feel like the stress and the weight of like now part of the family is on me because I'm support. I'm not just making a couple hundred dollars for the family. I'm starting to support the family too. So I said, babe, I don't want this happening to you. Let me start taking on the business side of the business. You can just focus on the thing that brings you life. So what I started doing is started focusing on that side. And this was like 2001 in January. I started focusing a lot on that in really January, 2021. Yeah, started focusing a lot on that to the point that it helped Lauren. But you know what happened? I started not being able to be present at home because I was mm. full-time as a pastor, right. full-time as, a, as an entrepreneur business owner, and I'm trying to do both at once. And while I'm doing both at once, our business's mission and is we want to save people time and money so they can engage more with those they love. What we realized and what struck us is that now John is starting to burn out while Lauren's anxiety is better. Right. Her anxiety now is starting to go up again because John isn't present at home. Right. He's not living out that second half of his business mission statement. He can't mm. engage with those he loves. Mm. I can't engage with my friend Andre like I want to. I can't engage with my family, with my kids. When I get home, I'm home, but I'm not present here. So I had to make a decision. And I knew I was called to be a pastor a while ago. And I felt God leading me away from that. And I know that whole God leading thing is kind of weird. If you're not a Christian and you don't know, you don't follow Jesus, I don't want to make that feel weird to you or anything. But I just felt this nudging in me that he was he was nudging me to do something different. And maybe you felt a nudging inside of you to, yeah. to, to shift. And I felt that nudging and it wouldn't go away. Mm. And Lauren mm. and I, prayer is important to us. So for a month, I prayed about it. I said, just take this away if it's supposed to go away. And it didn't. And I told Lauren, I said, I think we're supposed to take the leap. And I think I'm supposed to step into full-time entrepreneur and help lead this. And she said, now my anxiety is going through the roof because our business, <laughs> the, our business is going to be solely providing for us. I'm like, yeah, but this is that leap of faith. Our business has made it through COVID. It's even propelled through COVID. Like it's showing that, that it can make it through hard times. And I feel like God's telling us. And at the end of the day. If you wanted to go back to pastoring, you could do that. Yeah. And I felt like God was telling me, John, it's time for you to focus on pastoring your kids. Right now we have a 12-year-old. We have three daughters, a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a six-year-old. And I felt like God was telling me then, because I was struggling. I'm like, I thought you wanted me to be a pastor to help lead people. And a pastor really just leads people and loves them and cares for them. He's like, I need you to pastor your kids right now because they're at that prime age and you're not able to. Can, can and, I share? Can we take a time out? For yes, a go ahead. Stop. Because there. it is very interesting that you say that. When I was a mental health therapist, I did it in every setting. Um, so whether it was psych wards, residential facilities, schools, and in homes. Yep. And one of the things that I saw in homes is sometimes it was for very affluent people. So you have leaders of corporations, leaders in uh, you know position-wise at companies, however, go into their home and they may not be leading how you think it would look. Kids are struggling, and my kids struggle. You know, all mm -hmm. kids struggle. However, you know, and as a leader, you have this ego thing about you too of, well, how am I leading here, but this is a mess here? Or because it's a mess here, I'm going to overwork over there to overcompensate. So you said a couple of nuggets that I don't want to go unmissed or missed. And one thing you mentioned is, uh, you know, I was listening to a video, and it said, listen to the whisper. And you mentioned, you called it the nudge. And you listening may have a nudge in your heart, in your spirit, in your soul that entrepreneurship is something for you. 
Having a better relationship is something for you, regardless of what they're doing, what you know you need to do, whether it's for your kids, your significant other, or your life. Listen to the whisper. Another thing that you mentioned, and I want to, you're in a leadership position at home, and many of you guys are. You're entrepreneurs, you're leading the heck out of your job or your business. If you're not doing that within your relationship and for your kids, then what's it all for? Let's be consistent. Let's do and be both. It's hard to be great at one role of your life and everything be okay. And the other thing that I wrote down here, and you mentioned this about your wife, and this is what I love. Growth needs to be evaluated. You're listening to this and you're in the position of leadership. You're listening to this and you're an entrepreneur. I say there's five types of professional like employees. Okay, so we're going to say from the mindset of an employee. One of those is called the steady stream. And the steady stream person is fine right where they are. Hmm. And so many times leaders want to look at everybody who wants more knowledge and advancement and wants to move up the ladder, whether that's in your business or in the business. And that's the person that gets all the credit, all of the training, all of the rewards. It's okay to be a steady stream. Your wife took it to a point where she said, I'm fine right here. And the great thing is that it keeps growing. However, when it grows past the point that you can handle, you can tolerate or want, that's not success for you. Mm -mm. And that's okay. Know yourself so you can eat that and be okay with it. And now you're either going to scale down, scale back, and you're fine. Mm. I run a nonprofit. My, my, My nonprofit, I had someone on the board. And they said, we want to make this big and we could do this and we could do this. And I said, that's great if you head that up. However, I and my vision is to be small and semi-anonymous. I know who I am, how much work I'm willing to put into it and where we're willing to impact. I don't want to get in your way, but it doesn't mean that I do all the work. So I love that she was able to be that honest. And you said, okay, I can do this. You also caught yourself too. So those are three big nuggets that I don't want the audience to miss because you're dropping bombs all over the place here. And uh, it's absolutely you know, uh, amazing. So I want to ask you from the business, BB's bargains. Yeah, can, I, can I hit one thing, Andre? Please. I just want to say one thing at the end. One of the biggest factors, if you want to boil it all down, is I'm the only one that could be my kid's dad. Mm. I'm the only one that could be my wife's husband. Mm. Other people can be the pastor of the church I stepped away from. Mm. And by me stepping away, Yes, it was a leap of faith because I lost that income and I had to say, what's going to happen over here? But what I also did by stepping away from that is I realized I had a lot of people that knew my name and whenever I went in, everybody wanted to talk to me. But you know what? I decided, and this was tough because there's, there's this like, I like people liking me. You know, I like that. You speak, you know, go, you go and speak. I enjoy speaking. I've spoken on stages many times. I enjoy that. Not because it's a look at me. I just, I just find it gives me energy. But what I realized is that I want my kids to be my number one. I want to be my kids' number one fans. I want them to be my number one fans. I want to be my kid's dad. And I realized that's the most important thing. So because of that, that was probably my biggest reason. All that other stuff just plays into that. I'm the only one that could be their dad. I'm the only one that could be her husband. And that is my main role in life that I feel like is a God-given role. John, I'm giving you an air hug right now. And guys, this is why John is so phenomenal. It cannot be said better. Thank you so much for sharing that with the audience because that really hit me. And I hope and I know that it's hitting you. 
I heard that from somebody else, so I'm not going to take credit. For <laughs> I just don't remember names so well, so I don't remember exactly where uh, I heard it. That, I heard it from somewhere else. It was absolutely awesome. And what you just shared is going to be shared countless times moving forward from people hearing it today. So what is BB's Bargains? What is the actual business? We're in affiliate marketing. If you know much about affiliate marketing, basically what it is, is, is we promote different brands. We have established relationships with many different retailers, over a hundred of the major retailers you would know, whether it be Walmart, Amazon, Target, Best Buy, Children's Place, you name it, we're associated with them. So that being said, affiliate marketing, there's all kinds of strategies behind it. Like you can go into it and be a social media influencer and like say, cool, look at this awesome outfit I'm wearing someplace and they'll just buy it. But our niche, what we've decided to go after is bargains, saving families time and money. Time, that's our mission, saving families time and money so they can engage more with those they love. We want to save them time. We'll scour the internet, find all the deals for them. What kind of deals? Like, so if I'm a... um... I'm a family. Okay. Cool. I'm looking for it. How would you help me? What, what would you do for me? So Sarah's actually on our, our Facebook. <laughs> yes, she is. Your, Sarah's, your wife, Sarah's in our group. So, <laughs> so if you're on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, we also have a website. We're currently working with a, a developer. We're developing a mobile app. So that way we can allow help people better. But the idea is if she's on there, she may see toilet paper. She may see kids' toys. She may see camping equipment. She may see it might be like tools for your house. Says I know she's into you know she's into <laughs> she building things. A hammer way does. better than me. If His I can't fix it with duct tape, I'll, I'll buy all your duct tape, John. <laughs> your wife will outwork us with a hammer. So yes, she will. She is incredible. So like basically anything anything for your family that's a great deal. These Alani like you can't really see it there. These Alani sports drinks. I love these energy drinks and. You know, they put some of the ladies in our group um, that are part of our staff, they posted those a couple weeks ago. So I bought those. So it's really anything and everything that a family can use that is a good deal. And we just post that on our sites and then people click on it, takes them to Amazon or it takes them to whatever retailer it is. They purchase it there. And that link is specific to us in our group because we've established these relationships with these retailers. And then we just get a small fraction of the costs from Amazon or Walmart or whoever it is. So our audience, they don't pay us. Our services are free to everybody. Gotcha. We just find these deals so they don't have to go all over. So we're not charging anybody anything. We're just giving them great deals to places they're already buying. We help people during the pandemic find toilet paper, which that disappeared from everybody. <laughs> we, we help people find Lysol wipes. We help them find all those different things. Well, and I'll tell pandemic. you what, right now with gas prices being the way that they are, people in transition, I remember going through a very, very rough financial time many years ago. I don't know many people that don't mind saving money. And mm-hmm. if you can do it, saving money with places you already shop and, and things you already use. And I love how uh, seamless Amazon and certain things and now BB's Bargains have made it to hit a link, swipe, and get what you want and need at your door like that. So Correct. why the heck not? You guys listening, please go to BB's Bargains and you're going to share with us, John, how they can get there. Now, you have something else coming up. I'm not sure if you want to talk about it. I know you're a big evolution person. You are always evolving. You're, you're always thinking. You're pushing things forward. Where is BB's Bargains going in the future? So where's BB's Bargains going specifically? Do you want me to talk about the next endeavor I'm going on but, or, or both? And oh, or both. Both. All right. Great. So where's BB's Bargains? We just want to continue to save people time and money. Like That is our goal. Like we... Andre, I want to share this real quick. We get really excited about stories. So like at the end of the day, 
if we're just doing this to make money, what's the purpose of it? We want to have a bigger purpose than that. Like for instance, a couple, like, like six months ago, um, somebody shared with us before we were getting up to the Christmas season, it was like in September, October, someone shared with us, thank you so much for what you're doing because I've already got all my Christmas shopping done. And I even have extra gifts set aside to donate to organizations in my community. And they said, and people have told us before I found this group, I didn't used to like Christmas because it was always a stressor. And they said, now, thanks to you guys, I'm able to enjoy Christmas again. And you've brought that Mm -hmm. Christmas joy back in my family. So whether it's birthdays, whether it's whatever holiday you celebrate, people have just said, we've, you've helped our family so much. I remember once we saw a post from a birthday party and the family said, this is my daughter's first birthday party and everything at the birthday party is from BB's Bargains. You guys have helped us put on a birthday party for my son or daughter. And I, I just got so excited about that. So I really, I want you guys to download whatever John is going to share because my toughest time, and I still have a picture of it on my phone. I had about $30 left over every two weeks to feed my kids and myself. We ate spaghetti for a year and a half. And I remember Christmas time came and we couldn't afford a tree. My kids were eight, five, and one at the time, maybe nine, six, and two. And we cut out cardboard, paper, like balls and things. And we, we, we taped it up to the wall and we made the tree. We actually cut out the words Merry Christmas and then made the tree. And we cut out balls and decorated them with markers and highlighters and taped them to the wall. And there was about like three or four gifts under the tree. And it was the most impactful, saddest, humbling fulfilling Christmas I've ever had all at the same time. Mm. I say, and I want to go back. However, having BB's bargains back then would have made such a difference for me to feel like a provider again, to be able to do something a little bit more. I, I love what you and your wife have put together. Now I know you have some travel stuff coming up. Yeah. What so do you tell us about that? Cause I think everybody listening likes to vacation. Yep. I think the word I love is as what you were just saying right there. I love the word giving people dignity. Mm. And I feel like that mom that was saying she gets to now like Christmas again, I feel like I'm giving her dignity. We're able to provide to her dignity because that's really important. It's easy to just take gifts, give it to them, and then they can give it to their family. But for her to be able to go and purchase them herself, yes. it's, it's a dignifying moment for that person. And if we can give people that value, that's all we need. So as far as where we're going, so like I said, we're building a mobile app right now. When this podcast launches, it may be up and running by them. We don't have an exact end date on when that's going to be finished, but you can check out our website, bbsbargains.com. BB's is spelled B-E-E-B-E and then an S. So bbsbargains.com. You can check us out there and see if it's up and running yet. We'll have all the information on there. But we're just go, we're going that direction to get a, get a mobile app. So that way, if people don't want to be on Facebook, they can have that. They can get specific notifications for like, say they could set their notifications. I'm looking for kids, you know, toddler clothes. They can push check. And then every time a toddler clothes comes up that we post it, it'll pop up on their phone and they'll be like, wow. cool. And then when they're done, they don't need that anymore. They can uncheck it. So they're not getting annoyed with so many notifications, you know? Wow. So, so that's what we're doing right now. That mobile app is just to be able to serve people better, our community. But as far as also where we're going is, I want to also shout this out too. A year and a half ago, when I was stepping away and and starting to put more work in, it was just my wife and I. 
Um, it was just my wife and I running the business. And, you know, since then I have a partner that's also helping with some of the business and, um, you know, helping on that side. It's a lot with the technology side and so grateful for him. And then we've also brought on staff. And currently right now we have four staff members, four stay at home moms. They're incredible, incredible ladies who work from their homes. They find the greatest deals. They're helping my wife. We've called them deal publishers. They find the deals and post them. And that's the team my wife leads. And I just want to say, my wife, Lauren, and those four ladies, if you're listening right now, you are the reason this business is moving forward. You are amazing. You are awesome. And we're so grateful to be able to partner and you to be a part of our team. But then we also have hired a part-time accountant as well. It's actually across the street neighbor. She helps with us with accounting. She is an awesome lady who really helps me stay organized and keep our finances and things in order so we can continue to employ people. We can continue to provide for people. But I'm taking since the last year now, it's almost been a year since I stepped away from ministry work full-time. And now what I'm doing is I wanted to take a year and get the business in order and get it moving in the right direction. So I poured a lot into it in the past year and I'm still going to continue to pour into it. But the next direction we're going, I'm going, is I'm going getting into the travel planning world. Not necessarily travel planning, let's find you the best deals on, well, because sometimes a good deal isn't a great vacation because I've saved a lot of money on hotels and I wouldn't want to go back to that hotel again. Absolutely. <laughs> so while BB's is known for finding great deals, the end of our mission statement in there is so that way people can engage more with those they love is I'm hoping with this side of my entrepreneur journey now is I'm going to help families and help couples and help people just engage with the world around them and be able to go on vacation with their families. And I think a lot of times when you go on a vacation, you have to work before the vacation to plan the vacation, not only just get your affairs in order with your careers and things like that. Like you got to work a lot in the front and the back end, but you have to work to plan that trip. My hope is that I can relieve families of them so they can just tell me what they want. I could sit down with them for an hour or two, and then I can go to work and be that concierge. That Can I give you a quick testimonial? Because there's some people that may be listening that says, well, why would I need anyone to do that? And I want to share my wife and I, family, went to Disney a few months back. And my wife and you sat down because I don't want any part of the planning part. You did such a phenomenal job because it's hard to just show up to Disney and say, I'm ready to have a good time. It is more complicated to that. It's more complex than that. Then you can't get into certain places here or there. And you're waiting in line forever here or there. And you spend half your vacation, more than half, waiting in lines, not doing what you need to do. Your kid's not having a great time. You walked through such a great path, such a great experience. I was not. And please, Disney, don't get upset with me if you're listening. I was not a Disney guy. I was the person saying, I never need to go to Disney. My kid's too young to go to Disney. They're not even going to remember going to Disney. Now I want to go every year. And that's really a testament to you because we would not have had the experience that we had had we just gone and did it the way we were going to do it. So I want to share with you, we have one more quick question. I want to share with you guys listening, please follow through, click this button change your life, change your wallet, change your travel experiences, change your family, and allow John and his wife, BB's Bargains, to serve, and that's a great word that he uses, to serve you, because it's what he loves to do. My, my last question, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, got a minute tops to answer. What's the one tip? There's people listening out there right now that are aspiring to be an entrepreneur, that are, have just started off being an entrepreneur, 
or may have been doing it a while, but could always evolve and, and, you know, and do it better. What's one or two tips that you would give and that you learned so far in your short stint as an entrepreneur? But first of all, what I would love to say is find your niche and stay focused. As the last year I stepped away, I had so many rabbits I wanted to chase. Like I was like, I'm going to start a car wash over here. I'm going to go over here and, you know, and, and help people with advertising for their Facebook and things like that. And I'm going to do this over here and maybe I'll open a restaurant. And my wife's like, what are you talking about? None of this connects to what we're doing. So stay focused, find your core business, and then allow that core business to help you launch other ones. There's so many good things out there, but say yes to great and say no to a lot of good things. The other thing I'd love to say is as an entrepreneur, go after serving people. If your goal as an entrepreneur is to make money, you're going to leave. You're going to end up, I believe, because I think I would have ended up not satisfied, not fulfilled because. And there's never enough. There's never enough money. There's always more to chase. You're always going to be chasing money. So I would say for me, what helped me is say, how do I serve people? There's a guy I, I listen to, his name's Pat Flynn. He's an entrepreneur, but he says this. He says, if you serve people, success will follow. If you focus whatever your business is, if you focus on providing resources or products or anything that will serve people, success will follow because people want to be served. They, they love when you provide stuff for them. And then I would say the last is just set up your business allow your business to serve your lifestyle. Don't, if if you're going to run into something and this is the business you want to do, and then you're like, man, I'm not going to have any space over there. Allow your business to serve your lifestyle, not your lifestyle to serve your business. Because if if you're just saying that I want to run after this and your lifestyle is going to have to change, you're never going to be home. Find out what you value for you and your family and run after something where that business will support that rather than the other way around, because it will burn you out if you don't. Guys, I can't say it any better than that. John, thank you. You are such a rock star. Thank you for being here with us today. I hope you had as great a time as we did. And uh, you guys listening, please, in the notes, you can pull over. Don't check them now while you're driving. Pull over, hit that link, check out BB's Bargains and everything that John, Lauren, and his awesome team has to offer. Guys, thank you so much for being here with us today. I hope that you have an amazing day moving forward. And like we always say, please enjoy your evolution. See you next time. Take care, everybody. I hope today's podcast resonated with you, allowing you to enhance your leadership and work-life harmony. If you like this, you're going to love everything at youevolvingnow.com. That's Y-O-U-EvolvingNow.com. I look forward to being of value and of impact to your organization, to your leaders, your employees, your teams, and you. Enjoy your evolution.